SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome everybody into the final quote-unquote preview episode for the 2020 season of the Underdog Dynasty Sun Belt Podcast. I'm your host as always, Brian Stone, joined as always by Matt Miguez. Matt, say hello to everybody at home. What's up, everybody? Brian, as always, like I say, man, thank you, as always, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we are talking about our final Sunbelt team who has officially actually kicked off already and has halved, halved is the word, their win total from last year, week one into the season. We're talking about the Yikes. South Alabama Jaguars, who are a tight 1-0 and after beating uh, Southern Miss uh, this past thursday um so we're going to kind of keep this one shorter uh i believe because there's not as much projecting that we have to do because we have some data on how south alabama is kind of going to run their team this year um but just running down the schedule from last year uh, uh brutal like i said they already have their win total from last year in week one of this season uh which kicked off last thursday so I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go too much into it because it's not a lot to talk about uh, from a wins and losses perspective. Uh, they went two and ten, beat Jackson State, who is an uh, you know an HBCU, uh, and beat Arkansas State in an upset in the f- season finale, thirty four thirty. Matt, I think we could do a little bit on their two thousand nineteen slate, but it looks like they've found their quarterback from the end of last year into this year in Desmond Trotter. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I kind of question why Desmond Trotter wasn't more active in the offense last season. Um, obviously, rolling with Cephas Johnson for most of the year, and uh, he he is now no longer with the program. But yeah, like like you said, I think after Thursday night's performance, I think Desmond Trotter has to be the guy for you going forward, you know, 300 yards in a, in a win over Southern miss is definitely something to be impressed with. Um, so again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it one more time. He has to be your starting quarterback as you move deep into the 2020 season. If you're, if you're South Alabama. So Trotter is still a young guy. He was able to play uh, a little bit at the end of last year when, when, you know, everybody kind of saw how, you know, uh, Steve Campbell, uh, their head coach, kind of saw the writing on the wall for how that season was going. So he started letting Trotter get some more uh, run in these games, especially at the end of the year. But he was efficient. And, you know, going into when we can kind of loop in the Southern Miss game a little bit, um, you know, he was efficient last year. He only was able to throw the ball like 97 times, but he completed almost 58% of his passes, which was kind of hard to do because their pass catching options left a little bit to be desired last year. Uh, but 820 yards passing, eight touchdowns, two picks. I mean, he's a true sophomore. Uh, we've talked about the NCAA eligibility waiver uh, and how that's going to work. So he could essentially just write this season off as almost like a red shirt and be back next year as a sophomore as well. Right, which is which is a scary scary thought for a lot of programs not only from having to face Desmond Trotter again but from returning your own players Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 I say this from a, from a Louisiana standpoint, could you imagine giving Levi Lewis another year? No, I think he would. I think he would tear it up again. Could you imagine what was it, Zach Thomas getting another oh, season? God, please, to just like no. <laughs> to just torture the rest of the Sun Belt teams please, for in twenty twenty one. No, and I, I I say please no, not because I still feel that Zach Thomas is slightly overrated, but just because I'm tired of lining up against him. <laughs> If you're if you're tired of lining up against him, imagine how how you guys as defensive linemen feel seeing him right. it, twice a year every season. Almost well, like yeah, for the a, last couple of years, yeah. Even he's almost like a divisional opponent in the NFL at this point with how often you guys play. Um, but going in, looking in this team stats, like like we said, Cephas Johnson no longer with the program. Uh, Desmond Trotter has kind of, uh, I guess, encasts himself as the the entrenched starter and and will probably be so uh from here on out their one big loss and we can kind of loop this in as well with southern the southern miss game their one big loss from last year was trey minter um on the offensive side of the ball so he was able to run for almost uh what was it 1057 yards five and a half yards a carry for five touchdowns they they seem to have you know kind of piecemealed together enough rushing based on the the game one against Southern Miss. Uh, Carlos Davis was able to run the ball uh, for about five point seven yards per carry and eighty five yards. So it, listen, man, if Trotter has weapons like they showed uh, against Southern Miss, they have a, a reliable runner back there and Carlos Davis, and he keeps improving as a quarterback. This team could be this team could be a problem for a lot of these teams that might usually overlook South Alabama. Yeah, and you know, let's also not forget that they returned their top two receivers from last year in Kawan Baker and Jalen Tolbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, both of them had over 500 yards last year. Both of them averaged over 15 yards a catch. And combined, they had nine touchdowns on the year last year for the Jags. So, you know, the fact that Desmond Trotter gets to look at each side of the of the field and have a reliable weapon like that has got to make a sophomore with little experience be incredibly comfortable in the pocket. So, yeah, you touched on uh, Jalen Tolbert and Kawan Baker. I'd also like to throw just from this past weekend's uh, game, uh, Jalen Wayne has kind of showed himself to be a reliable second or third receiver as well. Uh, He has in one game this season has already topped his yardage total from last year. Yeah. Uh, He was exclusively used as kind of a deep threat type of player. Uh, He, you know, five catches, 62 yards last year. 12.4 yards per catch is nothing to uh, scoff at either for a guy that had that little volume, but he also had two touchdowns, which I believe tied him for third on the team, and he only had five catches. Hey, if you get a touchdown 40% of the time, can't argue. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Little, yeah, he's he's uh, Sunbelt Deshaun Jackson. Right. Um, so he, he doesn't need the volume. All he needs is a couple touches here and there and take it to the house. Um, but, I mean, looking at this offense, and, and like I said, we do have some data on them in, the, uh, in that they won over Southern Miss this past week. Their offense looks to be pretty explosive, and I'm kind of excited to see how they stack up against some of the Sunbelt teams and see – what kind of performances Trotter and and Davis and Tolbert and Wayne and Baker are able to kind of string together. Yeah, no question. And, you know, 
one guy that I'm, I'd really like to see break out of his shell a little bit is Carlos Davis in, in the rushing game, you know, kind of stood behind the shadows of Trey Minter last year, mm-hmm. but he was a guy that in his limited action was impressive. And I think that he can be a workhorse for the program going forward. I mean, God, he's only a sophomore. Yeah, absolutely. I I think, I think he's definitely a guy that you can, you can put the, the running game into and, you know, see, see how it works out for you. Yeah. So, uh, on the moving to the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, we don't know because they've they've only played one game as well how good Southern Miss actually is. Uh, however, you know, their def- South Alabama's defense looked much improved just in that one game uh, from where they were last year uh, and, and w- were able to hold the, what, what is their team name, the Golden Eagles, uh, to yeah. just 21 points, which, I mean credit to them uh they were able to come away with a big win and and like i said that you know this team has to um has to take the next step uh within the conference in south alabama because uh hanging around the the bottom of the standings is not fun for anybody (laughs) so uh they also return let's talk about the defensive side of the ball they also return their leading tackler from last year nick mobley the linebacker uh who was the leading tackler for south al uh, against Southern Miss, he had 15 total tackles. He had 91 total tackles for the Jaguars last year. How big of a presence do you think he can be for them on the defensive side of the ball? Oh, in, in, insanely! You know, like you said, 91 tackles last year from the from the weak side linebacker position. You know, I think having that experience factor, and then not to mention you bring in a guy like Riley Cole to play middle linebacker on the side of him, you know, another guy, he was the fourth leading tackler on the team last year. So I think you, if you put that experience together in such a valuable group as the linebacker position, I think that's humongous going into, into 2020 for, for South Alabama. For sure. Uh, So at least, you know, we are leaning on a a small sample size of the one game that they've played so far this season. But a lot of these teams that we've profiled up to this point didn't even have the one game in the book. So we really didn't know what to expect. I think the the thing on defense that impressed me the most, obviously the, the points that they allowed. But when you look at it also, last year they surrendered 192 rushing yards per game on defense to opposing offenses. Last Thursday against Southern Miss, they had they held Southern Miss to 2.6 yards per carry and 95 yards rushing as a team. If they're 100 yards better rush defense than they were last year, I, I mean, look out. Because a lot of these teams in the Sun Belt run the ball very heavy. Right, yeah. There's Like, like you said, if, if they can pull something similar... Um... It is going to be interesting, like you said, especially in such a run-heavy league as the Sun Belt. Yeah, for sure. So let's kind of take a look at the rest of this slate as it stands right now uh, and get into their 2020 season, potentially. Uh, so they start off 1-0 and against Southern Miss. You know, they have an interesting early slate of out-of-conference games here. Uh, they play Tulane on uh, this coming Saturday on the 12th. Uh, Tulane has been kind of a 
kind of a coastal Carolina type of team for the American. Like they'll pull out a win here and there that they probably shouldn't. And then they'll surprise you and lose a game that you think is a slam dunk. So I'm not writing South Alabama off for an automatic loss by any stretch coming this Saturday. Yeah, there's, I, I mean, honestly, man, I don't think, I'm, I'm the type of guy that believes there's very few examples of an automatic loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was raised on the philosophy, you know, this doesn't apply to college football, but, you know, any given Sunday. Yeah. In, any yeah. given any given day, a team can line up against another and figure out a way to win. For sure. Uh, so, so- yeah, so going down the rest of their slate, uh, they play UAB uh, week three, which closes out their out-of-conference slate. They have a pretty interesting... They they were able to really like cobble together some games here that are interesting out-of-conference against some, some good teams, I think. I mean, I, I can't speak, obviously, to how good uh, Southern Miss is at this stage, but Tulane and UAB have been no slouches in their conferences the last couple years. Uh, they're, they've at least you know been competitive... Uh, and they're not like easy rollovers for even the teams that play them on a weekly basis in the American and Conference USA. So, um, yeah, so that pretty much wraps up their out-of-conference slate. Then they get into conference play. Uh, I mean, if they keep up the production that they've had in in week one throughout the rest of the season, I mean, I think they have a pretty good schedule as far as potential wins and losses go. They, I mean, they've, got, they've got an incredibly easy stretch. Mm-hmm. In terms yeah. of Sunbelt scheduling. Yeah. So in order, uh, starting with their week four game, October 3rd, they play Troy, Winnable. Texas State, Texas State, Winnable, ULM, Winnable, Georgia Southern, Winnable, Coastal Carolina, Winnable. And uh, honestly, it's like they got very fortunate to dodge App State on their schedule this year because I think for everybody who has to play both Louisiana and app state this year, those are almost slam dunk losses at this stage. You know, like you said, any given Saturday or whatever, but to only have to play one of those two teams, they really lucked out conference schedule wise. So they play, then they play you guys, uh, Louisiana, which I don't see them winning that game, but winnable. you think that's a winnable game for them? I think it could be. I mean, because because I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this as a guy who has been following Louisiana as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 love to slip Playing up down. late in the season. <laughs> yeah, we love to slip up late in the season, and I hate to admit it. I hate to say that there's a possibility that we could, with how successful that we've been. Mm-hmm. But I mean, dude, last year, if you look at the game with. With South Alabama last year, we walked into Mobile as a 27-point favorite. Yeah. We only won by 10. Yeah. I mean, we just we find a way to slip up in these types of games. So I think if, if South Alabama comes to play and we slip up, yeah, I think it's a very winnable game. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then they, they face off against Georgia State, a very winnable game. Uh, I would almost at this stage, unless Georgia State just shows up week one and surprises everybody. Um, I mean, I think they win that game yep. the, with the way that they look last night and the way that Georgia State's trying to retool everything around the loss of Dan Ellington. I think that that's it. unless they like I said, Georgia State has a pop like South Alabama did week one. I, I think South Alabama wins that game the way that those teams project right now. Uh, and then they close the game or they close the season with a game at Arkansas State. 
these Troy and Arkansas State games could be some real shootouts with South Alabama if they show up offensively like they did this past Thursday. Yeah, uh, especially with those weak defenses. Um, Desmond Trotter could really, really put on a show with his receiving core. And, um, you know, man, I'm going to say this. South Alabama fan base, coaching staff, and players, they need a winning season. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I I have the last five years in front of me dating all the way back to 2015 and they don't have a winning season. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really tough. You know, 2000, 2016, I will say they were at least able to go to a bowl game and they were right. sitting at 500. Uh, they've actually never finished a season over 500 since they joined the Sunbelt in 2012. Uh, so yeah, like you said, finishing seven and five and, and this slate, like we've said, it, it's possible that they're able to pull out a couple wins here and there. They could finish this season six and six, seven and five. If everything breaks their way and their offense keeps clicking. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no reason looking at the schedule and you know, the way they've, the way, although small sample size, the way they played Thursday against South and Southern Miss, I see South Alabama representing the Sunbelt in a bowl game this year. Yeah, if they keep it, if they keep up, keep it up and keep improving every week uh, from where they started and don't have slip ups in games where they seem to be the better team. Uh, and I say that at this stage being like a Texas State, uh, I would probably put them ahead of ULM at this stage. Yeah, um, I would say they oh, might yeah. be better than Coastal, depending on what Coastal does at the quarterback position. We talked about that in the Coastal Preview episode. Uh, and then Georgia State, I mean, I think that's a winnable game for them too. So, I mean, I'm projecting maybe like five or six wins for them this year, which I think would be a huge boost. A huge success after going 2-10 and 10 last year. Um, for sure. And, you know, only one of their wins coming in conference and being the very last game of the year. Um, but, yeah, like, like like we said, you know, with their, with their schedule and the way they look so far, albeit a small sample size – like I said, five, six, maybe even seven wins and getting to a bowl game doesn't seem far-fetched for South Alabama. No, no, I definitely agree. Um, so that will honestly pretty much do it uh, for our Sunbelt previews. Uh, week one has officially, or I guess week zero, week one, however you want to put it. Yeah, one, three, teams, coming. Three, three teams have their first game in the books. Uh, as it currently stands, we will be back after this coming weekend with our recap of uh, officially week one in the Sun Belt. Uh, but Matt, before we sign off here, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. You can find me on all social media platforms at Miguez Matt. And you can find me, Brian, on Twitter and other social media platforms at Watch the Stone. We will be back with tangible football games to talk about no more projecting wins and losses teams go out there on the field and and we figure out who's better every single week so excited to get into it with all of our listeners this season we'll be back 